Welcome to Retirementals, a podcast that dives headfirst into the issues facing the financial sector at the intersection of investment, technology and financial advice. Hosted by Abraham Oksanya, you can expect raw honesty, critical analysis and energetic interviews. Here is your host, Abraham Okasanya. Hello and welcome to Retirementals. I'm Abraham Okasanya and thank you all for joining us for the podcast today. I am really excited about my guest today. Jason Mountjoy is the founding partner at Clarity Wealth Management, a financial planning firm with 50, over 50 advisors and over a billion of client assets under advice. Jason, welcome to Retirementals. Thank you for having me, Abraham. Pleasure to be here. So, 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 Jason, um, as we were saying before the podcast, my words not yours. Um, you've flown under the radar. Uh, you know, you've quietly built. You know what is an incredible business. Give us a sense to of of your journey to becoming a financial planner and founding Clarity. Okay. Um, well, 25 years ago, uh, started in home services with Britannic Assurance and got qualified. If I'm brutally honest, for probably the first two years, I didn't really understand what my job was. I thought it was going out collecting premiums, um, almost a debt collector. Uh, it sort of dawned on me then what I needed to do. Um, after a few years of grounding there, moved on into NatWest Bank, um, and I think anybody who's came from a banking background, it gives you a good grounding of being organized um, and getting yourself set up correctly. So a couple of years with NatWest. And then I really, I guess, I made my career with, with Lloyd's TSB, um, sort of predominantly in the corporate and commercial side. Uh, that then ventured into um, IFA world, sort of the big step into the, the IFA world with positive solutions. Uh, and at that point, it was a huge leap, huge learning step, uh, like for most people, where you've gone from a place having three options to vast choice and so on. So 10, I think it was about 10 years with Positive Solutions and 10 good years. Um, you know, they, they certainly knew how to look after advisors and so on at that point. Great technology. I love the technology. They, they were ahead of the game at that point. And it came to the point whereby there was a change of management at Positive Solutions. So a couple of us got together and put our heads together and, and created Clarity. So that was te another 10 years ago. So we're coming up to our 10th anniversary um, later this year for Clarity. Uh, the, the business has changed quite a bit during that time. Um, we, we set out like most businesses on a journey, not really having a clear goal of where we were going and so on. Um, and it's just generally progressed. We, we took over a business in the Midlands uh, purely by chance. So that gave us a fair uh, amount of clients and, and assets and so on. And uh, we, we then, uh, the, the then partner left and, and Dave Taub came in. He was our senior advisor. So he stepped in to help run the ship as, as a fellow partner. And Dave and I have always been interested in the, the sort of the Andy Hart, you know, the humans under management about the, the psychological side, the emotional side. So we've always been about the planning aspect. And up until that point, sort of pre-COVID, I think we probably had about 13 advisors, including uh, mortgage guys. And COVID for us was the best thing ever because it allowed us to work on the business rather than in the business, you know, typical adage. 
And we were always, I guess, profitable at that point, but we'd almost reached that glass ceiling, as in it didn't matter what we did. We weren't breaking through our sort of set turnover profits. And uh, one conversation with a, a colleague from, uh, from um, ex-colleague from Positive Solution started telling me about the problems they were having at a national network and the, the changes that was going on there. And we just started having a chat to say, well, you know, perhaps you would like to come and have a look at Clarity. We knew him personally, so he knew about our culture and, and so on. And one went to two, to three, to four, and it, it's, it's just carried on over that, that scenario. Um, I, I think that the key thing for what we've tried to create at Clarity is the, is the culture. Yeah, and we've not accepted everybody in that's tried to join us. Um, I think there's probably around about 15, 20% of people who wanted to join us. I just didn't think would fit. You, you, you've met us, you know what we're like. Um, and we, we've tried to replicate, I guess, what, what the successful period for a lot of us was, was it positive solutions about this job can consume you and uh, if you mm, let it. Mm. Uh, so it's about working hard, playing hard and sharing ideas and embracing the world where it's going for regulation. So yeah, we're at the moment, I think we're at to 48 and two more joining. Um, and it's actually gone international. So we now have a couple joining us in Scotland. So Clarity have gone the full breadth of the <laughs> oh, I like it when you describe Scotland as international. <laughs> I don't know if there are Scottish people listening to the podcast. No, Jason, I have to say, I am in awe of what you've, you and the team have managed to accomplish. I think it's incredible. And, you know, kudos to you because... You know, you led the charge, obviously, starting the business and, and, and getting it ready. But you also seized on an opportunity that was knocking at your door, which is this dissatisfaction that some advisors have of where they were. Right. And I think, you know, kudos to them who made the leap to, 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 to join the business, um, because often one of the frustrating thing for, for me in this industry is that, or, you know, the industry, wider industry, but also the professional is that, you know, it's so easy to complain. We complain, we moan, we, uh, you know, gripe about things that don't work and actually never do anything about it. You know, so, you know, when I got that, 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 you know, tweet a message from you must be year you know over a year ago and you said you're going in this in this direction i was really really enthused by what you're building so uh, kudos to you my friend for for daring to to take the step well yeah i, I think in what you've said there we, we knew from leaving a national network it, it's a nervous most advisors despite what may come across they're, they're naturally cautious so the, the first conversation that I started to have was with our admin team in as much as we really needed them to step up um, we needed to ensure that the novation was done correctly and we needed to ensure that the client data was done correctly and ab above all else is the fees you know advisors wanted to ensure the fees and the clients were un, um, you know, unaffected and touch wood, the, the, the guys have stepped up. And I think because we've had the experience of working remotely with our original Midlands advisors, 
it's sort of been water off a duck's back. Yes, we've had a couple of challenges, um, but that's down to data. But overall, it's gone very, very well. And, and that's really helped with the, the increase of advisors because the successful people who's been with us have said, oh, it's gone like a dream. Um, and they've just come on and, and they've, they've all just, yeah, it, it's almost had a fresh um, lease of life when they're starting to enjoy the work. Um, and, and one of them, the, the craziest story, one of them, um, which I guess typifies the situation that they were facing is that they had an opportunity to take on a group scheme for a small airline. So it was about 200 staff, but he had been talking with the owners for about a year and he was afraid to take it on because he didn't feel because of the, the lack of technology that he could actually deal with it, which was just madness because it's a huge income stream for him. So yeah, I guess that's just typified it that they, they bought into the, the forward thinking technology um, trying to work smarter, um, and yeah, so that, that's where we've gone. That's incredible. So, so talk to me about how you've structured these. Then, so are the you know what, what's the structure? Are the advisors set up as appointed representative of Clarity? Are they employed? Are they self-employed? How does so, that work? So, all of them are self-employed. Um, they're all established. They've all run their own business and so on. So they, they were just looking for a home to reverse into. Um, so they are RIs as opposed to ARs. And we wanted that because we, we've sought lots of compliance um, assistance as we've grown. And we, we know that the AR model is not viewed kindly from the FCA. So they all work within the clarity format, the boundaries and so on. We do, we do have two ARs. Um, but it's every. If you look at them, it is clarity. It's all badged the same, and they all work within the format. So yeah, all self-employed, and some of them utilize our admin assistants. Most of them have their own admin, um, but yeah, they they they're all experienced. So I think that's been the critical thing that they they they've all fitted in compliant wise. The files are good. They know what they're doing. Experienced guys just looking for a home. That's. Uh, has allowed them to sort of progress. And, and in fairness, I think the people that's been with us now 18 months, every single one of them's output has increased because they're starting mm. to enjoy life again. That's incredible. And then the, the obvious question that comes out of this is, so obviously you provide the home, you provide the centralization of, of some, you know, some, some services. And then, you know, Talk to me broadly about the, you know, the, the revenue split and perhaps how that compares to, you know, where they, 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 they're coming from. Yeah, so the, the, the majority of them, the, they had various different deductions that were made, um, the standard percentage model. But in addition, they were paying for technology, compliance, you know, you name it, they were being charged. Um, now, we, we could have gone down that route, but we, we've always adapted about keeping things simple. So we, we've adopted that all-encompassing um, percentage model, uh, and they're very much they earn, we earn. Uh, and we're not trying to be greedy here. We want about a, a long-lasting relationship. So all of them had a, a huge pay increase by joining us. We're still profitable. You know, We're quite tight with our numbers and so on, quite lean because of the use of technology. Uh, so yeah, that, that's how the models come across and they all like that scenario about they're not having to pay for these separate deductions and, and so on. So that, that was a big, I think a big positive as well for them. So it's obviously, um, you know, an incredible undertaking 
from you know running a firm of you know 12 advisors and then growing that very quickly to to 50 what has that meant for you personally how have you had to grow change um you know in, in a very short space of time um I, I mean when my last days in the bank um i was very young to be a um and a manager in there sort of ran a team and it was back in the days when the banks were cutting back so all of a sudden you go from a senior financial planning manager to now running a team so we had very little experience of running teams we were thrown in the deep end and I was certainly one of the youngest ones so a lot of it came from there really about you know managing the expectations and just making sure um, that they were comfortable and you know the pro every single one of them had to be given the red carpet treatment um, and, and I joked, I joked with our admin team and to say, using sort of the apprentice scenarios that if this goes wrong, one of you are coming into the boardroom, <laughs> you know, one of you. <laughs> um, but in fairness, you know, th this wouldn't have been possible without the admin team. Um, we've got a very strong admin team in there and we've had to grow that. Um, so we, we, we started to look at the, the basics, um, you know, putting process manuals in so somebody could come in day one and then just follow a flow chart to say, if this happens, this is what goes through and so on. Um, so yeah, our, our time has changed. Um, and, and that's been, I guess, one of the challenges that we've had in more recent times, because now they're settled, it is about continuing to have that conversation with them. So within within the business, what we've also been, and this, is all, this has been one of my little babies, I guess, is about setting up an advisor academy. So I've looked at where, where does the new blood come into the industry you know I, I look at myself and Dave and we're relatively young in the profession compared to you know when we go to some of the networking or conferences and so on so we wanted to bring the young blood in so we've got a uh, an apprenticeship scheme where they come in on the IFA apprenticeships or power planning and we've got the first one that's came through this now Megan who's fully qualified so what the idea here is that from a client perspective, we can um, pass Megan um, the, the lower end clients. So from the client's perspective, they're getting two for the price of one, obviously me and Megan, but there'll be a gradual move. So my time is then spent more with the advisors and, and Dave's time with the advisors. So we've got, I think we've got four of them going through the, uh, the cog at the moment, each at different stage, but Megan's been the first one to come through that. That's incredible. So the idea is that these new advisors will will take on some client uh, relationship or client yes. um, yeah. advisory from from you, and that frees you up, um, yeah. you know, to to dedicate more time to managing the business. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. talk talk to me about you've mentioned technology there, right? You know, quite a few times. So talk to me about. You know the technologies that currently what the, what that looks like. So if if you ask anyone in the the business, they they liken me to a bit of a magpie, uh, as in every time we go away, I come away and say, oh, this is brilliant. We need to get this. Um, Dave, Dave and I are very different people, and I think that's why it works. That Dave sort of the sense block say, okay, let let's let's you know look to see if this will work. So our back office is and has been since day one is True Potential. And we've got a really good relationship with the True Potential guys. Uh, I think we probably are now their biggest directly authorized firm. Um, and that just was a, a, a continuation from the days at Positive Solutions. Um, we have had conversations with other back offices and so on, but it's always been the point of, for the, if we were to move, 
we know there's a huge amount that can go wrong. Um, so the, the, the two potential, we've stuck with it because it's compliant-wise, the, the FCA obviously like it. And, and I guess the other secondary thing from the advisory perspective is their payment system, second to none. If the advisors are due a penny, they'll get paid a penny. So none of this money lost and so on. Um, we know it's not perfect. Um, I'm not sure there is such a, a perfect system. And, you know, you and I have talked as well. If there's a magic wand that an all-encompassing system it would be great. So, so we've always been fairly techy about working smart, not harder, and so on. So um, in addition to that, I think what, what's helped us is a lot of our advisors have come across, have, have almost been in a cocoon. And I mean that in the nicest way years that they've been locked in a network whereby there's a lot going on in the outside space so the likes of timeline they've never heard of it because they've been locked mm. away so when they've came into us and we've started showing some of this systems they've almost been blown away that they've, they've joined a different universe let alone company <laughs> or gradually adopted um the, the software and technology to make their life easier and and, and one of the big, big things that they've really bought into and, and something that we, we've done a couple of years ago, it sort of came from the true potential model, is that from a review perspective, that we, we thought it was madness that a review was actually taking, the actual review itself was less time than the follow-up work once you've done the review. It was just madness. And that's because we weren't using technology in the ways it should be using. So... For them, you know, as an example, one hour review and then another two, two and a half hours of follow-up to, to justify the review is just madness. So that's all being streamlined um, and, and so on. So everything now sort of clicks. If I, if, if I had a perfection, everything would talk together, but it doesn't. Right. So that's, you know, mm. I don't that's think that's ever going to... Yeah, that, and that's one of the problems we have. You know, if we, if we could improve it, another step it would be everything talking everything integrated but we're not there yet now a word from our sponsor nikki heating jones is the managing director and the chief investment officer at betafolio the high-tech low-cost discretionary model portfolio manager typical model portfolio service costs about 36 basis points that's in addition to the funds the platform you know the advice fees Tell us a bit about Betafolio's view and approach on fees. Well, I don't think anyone that knows us already, Abraham, would be surprised to hear me say that in a nutshell, NPS fees are too high. Um, if you include the fund charges and the platform fee that you already talked about, we get close to 1%, I think, on average for a lot of retail clients. And that's before they start paying for the financial plan, which is the part of the service that will ultimately add the most value for them in their advisor relationship and experience. Um, so, I mean, my view on fees and Betafolio's view on fees is that they have a real impact on client outcomes that needs attention. Um, and that's why we're building a scalable solution with technology that will allow us to keep costs low. And I think we also should consider the impact of these fees on advisors' businesses too. Advisors need to, to make a profit from, from their work. They need to have a viable business. And their cost bases have been rising because of regulation. And the, the more cost they have to pass through to their clients for 
overcomplicated services in, in turn puts pressure on the advisor's own fees and, and ultimately makes it not possible for them to, to run a, a good business. So fees are really crucial um, and I'm really happy that we're in a position to be having a positive influence on the, the trends in the market. Good stuff. Thank you, Nikki. So, so talk to me about the, um, you know, investment side of things, investment process, you know, that's running, you got 50 advisors, I guess you need to think, have a way to, in a way, centralize the investment process, but also give advisors some freedom. Um, so, so talk, talk to me about what you've done there. Yeah, totally. So one, one of the big things that I guess started their concerns from where they were was they were being forced into something that they were not comfortable with, shoehorning clients mm. into a proposition, rightly or wrongly. So with us, we've always had the approach, more perhaps a grown-up approach, that we trust the advisors, they know the clients, they do the right thing. So that, that's the starting point for us is about treating the clients right, the rest will follow. So we, the discussions we had early on was to say that we were in the early stages of adopting the centralized investment proposition, but every single one of them wanted to ensure that if they joined, they weren't going to be shoehorned into this and it was going to be on their own um, view to do so. So we were very uh, cautious and about adopting it. And, you know, we, we, before we had conversations with you, we, we've had lots and lots of chats uh, about different people. And... I guess the turning point came was at Humans Under Management in, when was that, December, November of last year, where you right. stood up and the light bulb moment hit. And it was the point about you, 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 trusting insurance companies and providers with all the money, yet they provide such a poor service, yet we're still all moaning. So in, improving technology, cutting costs, it was that was the, the moment for us that we go okay that has to be our centralized investment proposition about a, a good client outcome cheap costing and, and everything else that goes with it and that's really where the advisors um you know as, as you know dave and i have been the guinea pigs in this because we wanted to ensure that it was fit for purpose before rolling this out right across the, the team um, and we have done that now for a couple of months we've thrown everything at it as you as you know <laughs> um and yeah, we, we've been comfortable now to roll that out to the team because we, we know that we, we, we need to make sure that they are happy with what we've picked and the reasons and the rationale and so on. So, yeah, that's it. No, that's incredible. And if you didn't get the memo, uh, uh, Jason's talking about Betafolio. But <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's all right. It's good. Um, so all of these then comes with you know, the the challenge of scaling a financial planning business. I've always sort of questioned why it's such a hard thing to do, right? You know, scaling a financial planning business and, and you're going through, um, you know, what is an interesting model um, of, of doing that. So all of this is being, how is all, are you funding all of this? Well, we've always been fairly profitable, um, we've never been greedy uh, with it, but a lot of it's self-funding, um, and and that's the model which which has worked for us. Yes, we've had to, I guess, in advance of every uh, couple of advisors. So we worked on the basis of every five new advisors, we needed another additional admin to deal with the onboarding um, side mm. of things. So that side of things. Um, 
because of where we're based down in the southwest uh, is is cheaper than probably being in central London and so on. Uh, hoping none of the staff are listening to this, but um, yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it is a cheaper option. It is, it is a cheaper option. So that that is helped, but it, it's been self funded um, on wow. on that that side of things. That's interesting. That's really interesting. And I'm surprised you, you, you don't make any noise about this. You don't, you're not on, no, you're on I mean, social media. No, no. And the, the, the people who know, know us is that I, I think within our industry, um, we've all been to events and it's a peacock parade. You know, mm. if someone's done a million, someone else claims to have done 1.1. And it's just, it's just that that's the world we live in. So we've just gone about this quietly on our own and we've not changed as individuals. And and, and that was very much the, the focus for us about the people coming in had to fit that culture. We didn't want someone coming in trying to be the big I am. It was about fitting into the team. And thus far, everybody, you know, the events we have after our um, team meetings, the bar, everybody's gelled. They're all on the same page and so on. Um the, the one thing that has cost us is as we've grown, we've um, sought initially a, um, additional compliance support. So we've got various levels of compliance now. We're now at a level where we've had to go out into the transfer market um, and use recruitment consultants as much as I hate that, but we've had to use them. And we now have a new, starting in August, a new senior compliance person coming in to, to assist but that then is similar. We, we, I think we spoke to about 25 compliance people. We needed to ensure that they fitted the culture. We didn't want someone coming in with to put a flag in the sand and say, this is my way or no way. They ensure about commerciality, but also treating the advisors in an adult way rather than you know school teacher telling them off. Um, so this this guy we've got coming fits that bill. And you know I, I think from the, the advisor's perspective, he will just fit into the team. As, as part of the team and we've been also we've always been um, conscious of that that we've never wanted the, the compliance tail wagging the dog we wanted to make sure compliance was part of the team rather than the, the typical barrier to business in, in some instances so yeah yeah that 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 was the question I was going to ask you about the you know how you manage risk within the business so so you know you're you're bringing in, in internal compliance, but you still use some sort of outsourced compliance services. Uh, you know, to 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 to. So we we've got we've got a, a a number a number of layers. So we have our original internal compliance. We also then have all the higher um, risk things, pre-checks, the likes of DVs. You know, we're not fanatical at final salaries, but we will do them where appropriate. Uh, equity release as well so we we very much got a good relationship with our pi company so we've been with our pi uh, the lawyers of london syndicate now for i think five or six years um and they know us and we're not we're not in the market about jumping around to save a few quid it's it's really about that relationship so every may uh sorry june coming up so it's very coming up we will have our grilling about you know the latest things and, and last year, they knew of our progression and they knew where we were going. So they were very keen that we employed another external people that they knew um, and that they fitted the job for the last 12 months. But as I say, we, we've got to the stage now whereby we did need someone senior. Um, and location was interesting as well because we're dotted all the way around the country. This guy is based uh, up in Cheshire, so sort of central to everybody. And um, yeah. 
so we, we have we've talked about what the future and the, the key thing for us is that if we, we have a few more people that we're talking to, but we want to ensure that we, we get to a level. We never want to be a network. That's never our plan. We want to get to a level where we can still walk into a room and know the advisors rather than looking at the name badge. Who is this? And, you know, we want to treat people correctly so that we will absolutely cap this if, if any more come along at 75 75 is, is our limit that we will not go above because we feel that's a, a round number. The compliance person is happy regionally dealing with this. Um, so yeah, that, that if, if we ever get to that, but it's certainly slowed. So I, I would challenge you on that. Why cap? Why cap the growth? What, why? You well, know, is it capital? <laughs> is it compliance? Why? No, it, it's it's none of that really. It, it's more to do with that. I think we would lose our identity um, of what we've tried to create as about a, a clarity family um, and about that well-being. You know, we, we have different WhatsApp group, and you know, we're always trying to look after advisors. Silly things like birthday presents and so on. You know, the fact that we you know every week is ping another birthday and so on. You know, we're spending probably more on birthday presents than anything else. <laughs> those those, those <laughs> things. Um, but it, it, the bigger we get, I just think it loses its identity. And we, we just want to keep it to the point whereby what has made us successful and what has made people join us. So we know, you know, from a money perspective, income perspective, yes, we probably could go bigger, but it, we don't want to. We want to still keep it manageable. Well, let's talk in 18 months time or two years time, see how that's changed. But <laughs> I'm joking. Um, so you want to take this to 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 75 advisors up and down the country the clarity family what's the end game you know you're still a very young man you're working on bringing uh, sort of new advisors to to the to the profession or you know power planners and admin to the profession What's the end yeah. game? Where do you see all of this uh, taking taking you uh, and the rest of the clarity team? All right. So um, at our very first event uh, with last summer, so we had maybe 40 or so advisors. They, they didn't really know my sense of humor or lack of sense of humor. So we've always positioned it that we have no intention of selling. We want to be able to sort of step up, step sideways and let other people um, step into our shoes and run it and, and we'll be in the background, uh, you know, receiving an income dividend, whatever way it looks. So we've had lots of knocks on the door from consolidators and so huh. on. We've always gave them our, our sort of view that, no, we didn't want that simply because we've read all the horror stories um, from people who, particularly if you've had a, a client relationship for a long time, that somebody new is going to come in, they're going to literally rip up what you've done change the way you've done this and you've got to face these people if they're in your community mm. so we didn't want to do mm. that so my lack of sense of humor um didn't go down well in as much as i fairly presented to them and, and explained that you know great news we've had an offer and uh, it's something that we couldn't turn down and good news uh, it's a it's, it's a company that you all know and you all feel at home about but we've sold out to, to quilter and they all <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, so it didn't go very well. Um, they they know my humour now, so yeah, no, we, we we've got no intention of doing that. And Dave and I have spoke at length that if we had a capital event, is we don't know anything else. What else would we do? We still enjoy this. Um, and mm. I think with the improvements of technology, particularly Zoom, um, Teams, we could be sat anywhere doing this now. And I think clients have uh, bought in to the scenario. And you know, I still read advisors you know, driving around the country. And that used to be us. You know, Dave and I were in London last week. It was a novelty going to London again. But you know, we used to be up mm. there every couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, we, we've just embraced technology. So we feel we could be sit on a beach anywhere doing this now. As I said, you know, huge respect for what you've what you've done with the business. And I really look forward to, you know, where where this goes next, you know. And I, as we were saying, you're still a very young man, um, still got a lot of time left. I look forward to watching the 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 story as it as it evolves. Um, so by the way of kind of rounding up the, the podcast. Is there anything that you wanted to say that you wanted to, you know, wanted to share with the audience? Banging the drum about uh, all things Betafolio and so on. We we were very late and you, he hasn't, Abraham hasn't asked me to say this at all, but we've been very late to the passive party. Uh, you know, we're a typical cautious firm stuck to what we knew um you know we've got a lot with the prudential and so on that light bulb moment to us um was it was changing changed the business um so there's lots of different options out there um and you know it, it's difficult to compare but it stood up to everything we've seen and and you know as you will see the the, the traction will be there um for a cheaper option that ticks all the boxes and uh yeah, just makes things easier because we, speaking to our admin team, the biggest frustrations they have isn't clients, it's providers. It's providers mm -hmm. and their lack. Uh, and I think the COVID situation, as good as it's been for us, it's been the death or will be the death of a lot of these big insurance companies as they're still using the COVID excuse. Yeah, no, fascinating stuff. Uh, Jason, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for... Uh, sharing your wisdom and uh, and the journey on on the podcast no thank you thanks for having me i'll be remiss if i don't thank my incredible team who worked very hard to put this program together thank you thank you very much guys i'd like to thank our sponsors Timeline app, the retirement planning software, and Bitfolio, the high-tech, low-cost, flat-fee model portfolio manager. And to you, our listeners, thank you for your time. I hope you've had as much fun listening to the program as we have making it. You can find more about the show at retirementals.co.uk and you can follow me on Twitter. My handle is Abraham on Money. Until next time, thank you and goodbye.